a couple of things. Just thank you for all those who gave to the work of Mission 24. It was a real blessing to count it all up um, and to see it come in. That has been passed on to them and we've already had a number of thanks back. So bless you, church. It's really appreciative. For those of you who promised, there's an opportunity for you to put in the bucket at the back. Um, please, please do. Um, and we've got the team back. It was something I meant to mention last week, but sometimes you can get an information overload. So we've booked, a, a, I suppose, a week with them. They call it a, a mission in June. So uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll be scoping out what that looks like with Jonathan and his team, and we'll let you know the dates when I've remembered them. <laughs> They're in a diary somewhere. What are we speaking on? Created in his image. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that's all we looked at. And we just started to unpack that and what it meant. And we saw that the Bible teaches that God is the creator of everything. Everything. We saw how this vast galaxy of his and just how many how many galaxies are in the universe and yet it was mighty and huge and that he comes all the way down and he places us on this small tiny rock we saw that God was before the beginning because in the beginning there was God and how that just completely blows our mind because everything we do is governed by time Everything we do has a structure and an order in time, and we like that. It works for us. You know exactly what time I'll be finishing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we, and we learned because of God was around right at the beginning that there is no equal, there is no rival. This theology that, that, that kind of Satan is the counter to, to God's goodness isn't true. Because Lucifer is a creative being. And he sits under Father God. He does. There, there is no equal to God. There is no rival to God that has that equal force and presence. There is only God. There is no other gods. And in fact, even when the Bible talks about other gods, they're simply idols. Probably more likely things that we've created in our mind and we assign to God. Have a listen to that. It was an awesome preach. Just from my point of view, if anything I say is good, you can clap. But we have to have an agreement. If one person claps, we're all in. Okay? I don't want any of this. You know, none of, none of your brethren background. He's speaking. Deary me, clapping in the house of God. There are no other gods other than him because he is the creator of all things. And as we walk through Genesis even more, we see that as such... He created the sun and the moon, the sky and the earth, the land and the waters. God doesn't stop there. He goes on and he makes the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea, the animals on the land, both wild and tame. God created, God, God is a creating God. And at each point he steps back and says, this is good. This is good. This is good. And in my Bible, it keeps saying, and there and God said, and God did, and God said, and God didn't. And then in my version, 
New King James, that is then. Verse 26, then. Hold on. And God, and God, then God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame animals, all the wild animals and all the creatures that crawl on the earth. God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air and all the living things that crawled on the earth. God said, let us make mankind. We know that that word Adam in this part of Genesis is mankind. And don't you love, we won't push on that, the interplay between the plural and the singular. Let us make man in his image. Let them, plural. I just love that. And then God said, let us. Two things we can be sure Firstly, the word man captures mankind. We've said that this shows us that. And then secondly, the word us shows us that the full Godhead was in total agreement when God's plans were unfolded. Let us make man. Look at this from Colossians. For by him, this is Paul speaking of Jesus, all things were created both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him he is before all things before in the beginning ah, thank you andrea actually somebody no 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 and in and in him all things hold together you know jesus is actually holding the this whole system that we have in place and in together that's a different sermon Jesus was in the us in creation the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters the Godhead that we understand Father Son and Holy Spirit was in complete unity of mind when they created man in the image of God amen however the passage also speaks of more Looking at the text and the language, I got really into the Hebrew and the Greek here. We won't do that now. I want to keep us on track. This has been likened to a master craftsman. Who creates things here? Come on, we've got more creative people. My wife sits there sewing patches on things forever. And don't you just, I just love it. I build Lego. And okay, it's somebody else's creation I'm putting together, but I kind of created it. Yeah, and I'm getting so excited as the things are coming together. I've got a Bugatti and the engines, it's 12 cylinders, and I watch it work, and I love it. I know, I am a child. And you know what? We can miss, it can sound so dry, and God did this, and God did this. God is a creative God, and the fun you get when you create something. I created an awesome meal once. It was just awesome. Yeah, I sat back and I said, this is good. Somebody said, very good. I said, very good. But God is so loving, creating. He's doing the birds. And imagine, I'm just going to go on a bit of license here. If any of you are from the King James era, okay, you won't find this in the text. This is me. Well, maybe you will, because think of God. He's just getting, he's putting the birds in the air and he puts the sun and he looks and goes, wow, that's awesome. And then he comes to make man. 
And the words here, the way the words are put together, it's like a master craftsman speaking, speaking to all, all of the people. Imagine the royalty. All the heavens are there. All the hosts are there. And he said, let us, it's like the royal we, let us make God, make man in our image. Can you imagine the roar? Can you imagine the roar from the heavenly hosts? Come on, show us a roar. Oh my goodness. And maybe one angel says, what's he done? What's he done? He's only gone and done it. I heard a rumour. I thought he was going to. He's poured the whole of himself into a creation. No. My word. Who's this? Man. Adam is going to have the full likeness of God poured into him. And the heavens just scream and howl and praise and celebrate. That's the essence of that text that some of you have read time and time and time and time again. It is phenomenal. Do you know when God was thinking about... I'm going to get ahead. Hold on. Stay, stay on track. Yeah, there we are. When God decided to create a being that would best represent him more than anything else he created, guess what? He created you and I. He created us. How, how can I best represent me here on earth? I know. I'm a child of God. I'm an image bearer. You're an image bearer. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And God said it was very good. I'd really need to go on this. We're the high points of his creation. We are an image bearer. You are the very high point of God's creation. Not because you have done anything. Not because you are a follower of Jesus. Not because you do good things. You are the image of God because God spoke it and then poured himself into you. Genesis 2.7, and God breathed into the nostrils of man. The ruach of God, the life of God is breathed within us. I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. Hold on. Out of, out of all the creatures God made, only one is said to be made in his image. Me. Us. There has been lots of debate about what it means. Image and likeness are they the same word. They are two distinctly different words. And rather than get into a debate here, let us simply say that they all agree there is a special, unique relationship that only God has with humans. Wayne Grudem, oh no, I'm going backwards. Wayne Grudem puts it like this. The fact that man is in the image of God means that man is like God and represents him. Man is like God and represents him. We are not gods. There's only one king, king of kings and lord of lords. We are not gods. We are not identical to God. One meaning of the word image is as in a shadow. We are likened to him in form. We are like that and therefore made to be like God in our moral, spiritual, mental and relational aspects. We are created to be like God in our moral, spiritual, mental, and relational aspects. You know how my family is made up. There's a dad and mom, Ben and Claire. Then there's Samuel, Jacob, Chloe, and Amelia, my four 
beautiful children and my lovely, beautiful wife. And at our height, we've had two cats at once, uh, Mittens and Amy. And then I think at one time, we also had a guinea pig. No, maybe it was a hamster and maybe a rabbit at the same time. Yeah? Now, let's say we've got all those in the house and the leases fall on tough times. We've got to make some financial decisions, Claire. Who goes first? Who? Who? Me! Who goes first? The cats? Animals! Animals. See, almost nobody said me. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. I mean, hang on, hang on. If it's about who cost me the most, yeah, it ain't the animals. It ain't the animals. In fact, actually, I have trained Ozzy well. I can't stand the cat. We have a love-hate relationship. We really do. But, I mean, he, he's obedient in the morning. He waits for me to call him on my lap. He knows where he's not meant to go because whenever he's going there, he's got his ears down and he's hunched down. And he's looking at me and the minute I go, out, he's gone. I mean, if it's about obedience, I'm keeping the cat. <laughs> We're different, aren't we? Animals don't debate the meaning of life. Yeah, they don't wonder about their own existence. It, it's a side point, but I'll make it because someone asked me. It doesn't mean we don't, as humans, treat the creation well. But we don't raise them above the place of God's creation, uh, uh, of God's image. Yes? Yes? The fact that uh, we are not God's identity, we've done that. Animals don't debate, we've done that. We are precious we are special in the eyes of God. Let's say this together. I am made in the image of God. I am an image bearer, his masterpiece. Do you believe it? Yes. Look at somebody and say, I'm an image bearer. Oh, he's doing this now. Mission 24, come and now he's going to get me doing all these weird things. Okay, I want you to say after me, Ben... You're a masterpiece. Oh, keep going, keep going. I am made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. You are an image bearer, his masterpiece. Every single human born has the ruach breath of God within them and carries the image of God within them. They hold intrinsic value and worth. And worth. I'm going ahead. Our true purpose. So God has created us, placed us in his creation to steward it. What's our purpose? Isaiah 43, 7 tells us that we were created for his glory. For his glory. Our purpose is to bring glory to God in everything we do. Our drive as followers of Jesus should be to ask ourselves, what will bring the most glory to him, to his name? And we should find it and go out and do it. Picking up Wayne Grudem again, he says this in his book, when we realise that God created us to glorify him, and when we start to act it in ways that fulfill that purpose, then we begin to experience an intensity of joy in the Lord that we have never before known. 
When we add to that the realisation that God himself rejoices in our fellowship with him, our joy becomes inexpressible and filled with heavenly glory. When we as image bearers start working out our purpose to bring glory to him, not only does then God get great joy, it just sets us in that right place. And where's the focus in that? Where is the focus in all of our, that I've just said? Focus is God. Father, how can I bring more glory to you? How can I bring more honour to you? And there's something that aligns with our purpose and God's spirit goes yes and amen. And it's just this inexpressible joy. One Peter somewhere. Hold on. I've lost it. 1 Peter 1.8, you can have a look at that inexpressible joy when we align with our purpose. Inexpressible and joy. We are made to represent God, all of us, and to rule on behalf of God. It has been made in his image that all humans possess inherent dignity. And worth. No one can give humanity more dignity and worth than God. Let me say that again, because that was an amen. No one can give humanity more dignity and worth than God. Our value and worth does not come from ourselves. It is not self-esteem that actually has its root in pride. No, our worth is God-given. And comes from God. Now guys, we are mainly Christians in this room. This is all of humanity. Not just, you know, you, you don't become an image bearer when you choose to follow Jesus. That is something else. That is needed. But you are an image bearer on the basis that you are human. And you are created in his image. And all humankind have intrinsic value and worth and dignity. Amen? We do. We do. It changes how we view people. It changes how we view things. For the follower of Jesus to know this and to live it out is key. To recognise every human being as having intrinsic worth because they are an image bearer makes it possible for a son or a daughter to keep the commandment to honour a parent who has abused them horribly. It is only that intrinsic value that we are all created in God's image that allows us to actually show that honour and value to those who have done the worst. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Not all parents have been good to us. Not all parents have been loving and kind. And yet there we have a commandment. How do we do that? Lord, just show me the intrinsic value for my dad, for my mum, as an image bearer in you. And no, that ain't easy. But it's the only way we can do it. With God's help to recognise who they are. Recognising that every human is an image bearer changes the way we reach out to people. It changes the way we handle disagreements, different View, viewpoints. It changes how we see people of other religions and other walks of life. Recognising the image of God in every human being gives us a connection with them and enables us to show those who do not know Jesus the love of God. 
because there's a link. There's a link that we have with every human. Do you get this? I know this is big, but this is so important. Every human being, no matter what walk they come from, has had God's breath breathed within them and carry the image of the living God. You can connect with them and you can point them to the way, the truth and the life. And I believe that the enemy keeps this life so noisy, so noisy that when, we, when the music fades, that song, when the music fades and everything's gone away, the breath of God rises within us and, and people that don't know Jesus know that they're not in the right place, know that they're not where they should be. But the enemy's tricks is to keep it as loud and as noisy and as fast going as possible and focused away from him and onto me. And onto me, I've gone off track. Sometimes the world gets it right when it stresses the need for equality and dignity and worth of people. It may fall down on its execution, but it is not wrong that people carry the same dignity and worth no matter where they come from. Our SCF What We Believe statement says this. As members of the church, you say yes and amen. The dignity we believe, because these are one, the dignity of all people. We have all been made in the image, in his image, to love, to be holy, and to care for creation. We all carry a dignity. Yes, sin has corrupted us. Yes, sin has broken relationship. Yes, it is the church's job to point people to Jesus, to Jesus, to God, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But all people hold a dignity and a self-worth. We all have dignity, we all have worth. Why? Because we are an image bearer. You are worth more than your contribution to society. Do you know that? Has anybody got a, 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 some money? I need, I need a note. I need a note. Who's got some? I meant to get some out, but I didn't. Oh, I love to have Andrea's cash. Now, how much is this worth? Now, if I was to screw it up and put it in my mouth and chew on it till it came to just pulp, what would it be worth? If you couldn't read anything at all, it was just mush. Or actually, how about if I took, if I took the serial number off? What would it be worth then? Actually, it gets to a point where actually, if I destroy this, that it is unrecognisable, or if I take too much away, it isn't worth anything at all. It's only worth £20 when it's in its recognisable form. Yeah, okay, that bit of corner there could be gone because it's just a white bit on the corner. But actually, it has its worth as a whole not as a screwed up, mushy bit of pulp that I've chewed that you can't recognise it. We have greater value. Our whole has greater value than our parts. When we come together, we, we, all, we understand that in the church. We are greater together than we are as individuals. You know, my arm isn't worth anything unless it's actually attached to a body. Praise God, it's mine. You are worth more than your contribution to society. Otherwise, the unemployed would be less valuable. You are worth more 
than the future of our species. Otherwise, those with no children would carry less value. You have been made intentionally as an image bearer and are purposed to bring glory to God. The whole of you. We, we, we all have dignity and worth. I think I've made that point this morning. But this is right in the heart of God. See, the minute it isn't, then you haven't got God. You've got something else. And he cries out with love and with pain for every single image bearer that is born on this planet. His heart is to reveal himself as Lord and Saviour and turn all to him. 1 Peter again, his, his, his heart, his will is that none would perish. The sad thing that some do. When we truly embrace that every human is an image bearer, then it should shape how we see certain things. When we understand that every person carries God's image, it should shape how we see abortion. If we truly embrace that every human is an image bearer, then it should shape how we see modern slavery today. Things should rise up within us and say, no, no. Don't you treat an image bearer like that. Don't you treat somebody with the mark of God on them like that. If we truly embrace that every human is an image bearer, then it should shape how we respond to poverty and those who are poor and those who undignify themselves just to survive. This is the heart of God. Amen. Amen. Coming back to us. Every aspect of who we are carries and reflects the dignity of God. It reflects that... It, hold on. <laughs> Stop, Ben. Every aspect of who we are carries and reflects that dignity. Our minds, our hearts, and our bodies. All are created and carry a value and are designed to have dignity. What does this mean? Matter matters. Our bodies matter to God. They are not arbitrary. Your body is intentional and it reflects his image and his glory. Amen. Andrew Walker puts it like this. We are living, feeling, emotional, embodied beings created to relate to and reflect the creator which with every part of ourselves. We are created to relate to and reflect to the Creator with every part of ourselves. If we are created beings, then our bodies do not belong to us. If we're stewards over the created order, yes, we're happy that this world is in our hands to look after. If we are created beings, whose bodies is it? Our bodies are not our own. Just as God created his world and placed us in it to be stewards, so too did he create us. We are stewards of ourselves as well. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own, for you were brought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are 
This has implications on all sorts of things. What we put in our bodies. I was chatting with this in my triplet. How we eat. What we eat. What we put into our minds. What we watch. Do you know what? There is some incredible creators who are creating the most intricate and interesting stories that are gripping and take you along a journey but are simply not good. Just because it's impelling and gripping doesn't mean we should watch it. Does it bring glory to God? What of shaping our bodies? What of piercing our body? What of marking our body? All these things are placed on the table when we consider we are image bearers and our bodies are not our own. I enjoy going to the, the gym. And I enjoy very slowly watching my body change shape. The top half of me is changing shape in the right way. And every now and again, Claire might catch me in the mirror. And I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying running. I haven't done 5K for a while, actually. I need to get back out. So I enjoy running. I enjoy my heartbeat. And it's telling me in my ear, your heartbeat's at 99%. You better stop. I enjoy going to the gym. I've enjoyed watching my body change shape as I exercise. My daughter has pierced ears. So what do I think of this? I thought about this a lot. And this isn't, this isn't authoritative, but I asked God, because it's where it led me as I studied this. What are we doing with our bodies? And this is the conclusion that I have come to. If I have to look a certain way to feel good about me, or to feel accepted by others, or if I need to mark my body to better reflect who I am, then I should stop and think long and hard about what I am doing and why I feel I need to do it. If you only have this done, Ben, you'll be in our club. Let's all get this. I, I, I don't need that to be accepted. If only I could get rid of this ring around the middle. I know it's there. Then actually, I'll be accepted. If only I looked this way, then I'd feel better about me. Pause. Stop. Think. I'm an image bearer with this ring around my middle. And God loves me. I know I'm making it humorous, but this is such a serious point. You do not need these things to be accepted by God. And when we do it, we should pause and we should say, why do I need this ear pierced? I used to have two here and one there. I used to think I looked ever so cool. Getting tattoos, I don't think is wrong personally, but why? Why is what you need to ask yourself. If it is to be accepted, then stop, because that isn't a good reason. Do you hear me? You do not need to change your body to be more accepted or to better reflect who you are. My worth, your worth, comes from who God says you are. Amen. I'd like to invite the band to come back on the stage. We are image bearers.
Maybe you've come this morning and maybe you've only been coming to SCF a few weeks. Maybe you're still learning and finding out about Jesus. Do you know God has seen the, his image in you from the day that you were born? He has loved you and he cares for you. And if there is anybody in this room today that does not know Jesus, I want you to know that you, that you are enough. That you don't have to be a certain thing or reflect a certain image to fit in. God loves you. And God wants you to enter into a real and loving relationship with him. And if you are here this morning and don't know Jesus, maybe you've heard this thing for the first time. Maybe you remember the video that Alan showed about how Jesus is the perfect image and how we're people seeking to reflect him. Maybe you've heard about sin and recognise that it's turning from those things that are focused on you and what you want and moving towards him. If there is anybody here this morning that does not know Christ, then in a moment, I'm going to beckon you to come forward. I have some people who would love to speak to you. Church, we've touched on some sensitive issues. Maybe you've never felt that, that value and that worth. Maybe you've been seeking it in the wrong places. Maybe you've been looking for self-esteem. Maybe you've been looking for friends to affirm you. What is most important is what God thinks of you. And church, people in this room, God sees you as a child of God. He sees you as an image bearer. I've joked about weight and body shape, but it's real. People can be so locked in and locked in themselves because they feel ugly and unloved. It's not what the Bible teaches. Maybe some of you have had to make choices in life that have not been the best well, God just wants to love on you this morning. So I'm going to invite us to stand. We're going to sing a song. And I'd like the ministry team to come out. So let's stand now. Can you, can you stop playing? Thank you. And not for me. Not because it does my ego good to have lots of people come out. But this is actually about recognising who you are as a follower of Jesus. And just as we sing, if you're thinking, gosh, I've been seeking who I am in, in something other than God, you can put that right this morning. If you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Saviour and Lord, then come out as well and somebody would be very, very pleased to pray with you and pray for you.